0: Hey, it's Living Cola. Welcome to Casualty of Love's Apologies. Each week, I'll be reading chapters from my book, C-O-L-A. This podcast is rated R for relatable. What I found when writing was how freeing it allowed me to be. My prayer is that as you listen to this story, you'll find your own peace and freedom. It may be a bumpy ride, but we'll get through this together. It starts right now. Chapter 37 Choices Come, let us drink our fill of love until morning. Let us console and delight ourselves with love. Proverbs Seven Eighteen. Speaking of friends, guess who finally called me? Yep, Rain did. He gave me some sorry-ass excuse of why he ran out of town belt. He was overwhelmed. Nigga, please. Acting like he was the only one having trouble during that time. Yet, as much as I didn't trust him, I also didn't have time to be mad over stupid shit. What I did know was that it was time for another party to take my mind off a few things. KK was going to my parents' house that weekend. My life revolved around making sure KK was good, but that meant that when he was away, for the weekends, I never knew what to do. I always felt like, so now what? Being so young meant that all my friends were out partying and They would invite me at first but once I said no too often they stopped inviting me out. Now I was free but I had nowhere to go so I would get lonely, even a little depressed when I couldn't take care of him but I mean at least he was happy. He loved his grandparents so I couldn't be selfish. This time the party wasn't meant to be nothing big, low key, and I needed to know who was coming. The crowd was a bit different this time, older group of people, three to four, who knew how to handle themselves. We drank, we listened to music, we chilled, they smoked. Rain decided to show up with this dude I never met. As much as I was hesitant, I knew Rain knew me and respected my house enough to only bring someone he trusted. To my surprise, it was his cool East African brother. Nice hair, inviting eyes, definitely cute, I mean Maga, but cute. My favorite part was his eyes, damn. I would just get lost looking at them. His eyelashes were beautiful. I couldn't help but feel weak. I could tell he liked me too cause while everyone was outside smoking, he was inside chilling with me. By the time the party died down, everyone had left except him. We sat up all night talking that night. So we have a conversation on Facebook. Nathaniel says, Add me. And I said, Hey. February 17th, 2009. And he says, Okay, I have you now, Shorty. End conversation. He was good company. We spent the day talking. Then we spent the week talking. Before we knew it, time had passed. He had his own place, but he stayed at mine instead. We were young lovers, trying to play grown-up games. I thought I was hella mature, but my emotions were always getting the best of me. I was getting used to having Nathaniel with me. Day in, day out, he just stayed by my side. He was great help while he stayed with me. This fairy tale felt like it should never end. March 25th, 2009. Facebook conversation. I started. Baby, oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. I threw that bottle at you. I never Meant to hurt you or hit you. I was acting childish because I wanted you to spend time with me and You just wanted to leave like do you know how it feels to want something or someone who doesn't feel the same at the present time like I feel like sometimes I gotta beg you to chill with me or to show me more affection. I really, really care about you and I'm trying to make things work. I know you're going to be mad at me, but don't be because I'm really sorry. I never meant it, but I miss you and I want you to come home safe. So I guess I'll talk to you whenever, but just know I really care about you and I'm sorry. Okay, honestly, baby, I just want to know that you're good, and you did what you had to do, so please just come home. I know you're not going to see this message till maybe tomorrow, but I really have a feeling that you're not going to come back here tonight, and I'm really sad. I'm really sorry, babes. I know you get mad for a long time, but really, just, I don't know, just, just let me know you're okay, please. End conversation. He didn't answer my messages, but he eventually came home to me. I was happy he didn't leave. I wanted to work things out, whatever it was. We kissed. We made up. We continued. While I would cook, he was sitting and entertaining KK. Sometimes soccer, sometimes video games. They really seemed to get along, and my heart was delighted that KK has someone to look up to. It was simple moments like this that I hated his father for not being around. KK was such an amazing kid who had a lot of mobility function despite the disease. I love that Nathaniel didn't see him as disabled, but challenged him to move around. As the days moved forward, Nathaniel took on even more of a role by picking up KK from school and watching him while I went to meetings. I got home one day to see Nathaniel and KK were already home, and I was confused. Like, how'd you get here? Because I had the car. And I'm thinking, how did they get home, taxi? I asked Nathaniel, how'd y'all get home? To my surprise, he said, we walked. And I'm thinking, walked? KK school was at least a 10 to 15 minute walk for me, much less KK. Could he even walk that far? We were always told by physiotherapists to conserve his energy. I say, what you mean walked? Wasn't it far? He said, no, we took our time, we talked, and played games along the way. He did really well, and when he was tired, I carried him. Now this shocked the hell out of me. He was only in daycare, still, my young baby, and he was like a grown man walking home. It was so touching to see a man care so much for him, for a child that wasn't even his. It was so good with KK, and he was so good with KK, and did things that I would have never thought to do. My main focus was to protect him from everything, and in this moment, I was challenged to look beyond his disability and see the abilities he did have. I respect the man for that. It was refreshing having his help, not just with KK, but also having another person on a day-to-day basis who truly understood me. He massaged me when I was tired. He cleaned while I was at school. He decided early on... Well, we decided early on that he wouldn't cook after I came home to a burnt pot one day. However, he praised me when I cooked anything. I could make craft dinner and this man's praises made it seem like a high-class dish. I truly felt like a housewife. The more he enjoyed my cooking, the more I did it to please him. Honestly, I never want this to end. But at the same time, I'm thinking, yeah, okay, don't get comfortable. The one thing I did know was that he wasn't chilling with me for my money. Despite being as broke as a joke, we made life work. He consistently reminded me that money wasn't everything. He showed me how to be happy with what was right in front of me and how to make the best out of a horrible situation. He worked casually and what he did make, he brought back and he shared it with me. This new mindset was working well for me until my birthday came. That was the first birthday that I had absolutely no fucking money. Couldn't even buy a nice weave or a special birthday dinner. And I'm thinking, like, how is this really happening? Happy fucking birthday to me. This shit sucks. Fuck Rain. He got me here not even able to celebrate. I'm so broke, I can't even walk outside. It's like he could read my mind. Guess who showed up offering to cook me dinner? Yep, Rain actually showed up and offered to do my hair and cook me dinner with whatever he could find in my house. I mean, it's a nice effort for something ultimately caused by him. Truth was, it wasn't a horrible day after all. Nathaniel waited for Rain to leave before reestablishing his role as my man and attempted to change my hairstyle, although it didn't work out. (laughs) His jealousy was cute. He ain't have nothing to worry about, though. Rain was always just a friend, nothing more. Between Rain and Nathaniel, a little competition ain't hurt nobody because I was the true one in the end. I had my first orgasm that night when Nathaniel gave me head. It was such a memorable experience. I felt like this man's tongue was so deep that my toes curled and my back arched. Sweetest gift I could have gotten, and it was free. (laughs) So I guess money ain't everything. By weekend, money was expected to be in my account. I guess it wasn't the end of the world, but I had just hated being broke and so dependent on money for happiness. The upside was that my girl had planned to take me away to Niagara Falls for the weekend. She paid for the hotel, and all I had to do was pay for the gas. Blessed. As we stopped to fill up before hitting the road, my card was declined for gas. That's weird. I had just checked my account that morning. I called to my bank revealed that I had been the victim of fraud. The strange thing is, however, was that my account was scammed for $300, and that exact amount was deposited into my account that morning. was $300. I was on the phone talking to the lady and she was grilling me, making me feel like I had fraud in my own damn account. Miss Bennett, this can only happen if you share your account information. Is there anyone that has your pin? I replied, no. Yes, I lied Rain and Nathaniel both had access to my account If you gave your if you gave anyone your pin, this is what can happen Listen, ma'am. I had nothing to do with this and I'm trying to go away So I'm gonna need you to help me, please I have nothing to do with this I'm thinking I know Rain is the type of nigga to do this, but he wouldn't do this to me Plus I only told Nathaniel about the money. Wait, would he do this to me? I mean they are friends I'm sure he knows what rain does what if this whole damn time he's been playing me oh man if that's the truth I'm gonna get him okay all I need to do is ask him and be cool so I called him right away and I say yo so tell me how my account was Friday today for exactly $300 you know anything about that he says no why well, I just found it funny how the person frauded me for 300 and that's exactly how much I said was deposited into my account this morning. You talked to Rain today? You tell him? He says, you think Rain did it? That's really messed up. I hope he didn't do that, but try not to stress. Just enjoy your trip. Yep, later. So my friend ended up paying for gas and just put everything else on the trip. I mean, thank God for her. The trip was a memorable one. I enjoyed the escape because returning home only meant returning to what felt like a very chaotic life. My account didn't even get rectified until I returned home. At least I came home to money. A month, two with him and things were changing, but still manageable. I wasn't sure if he could be trusted, but he never gave me any other reason not to. Besides that, the bedroom magic was wearing off. I mean, sex just wasn't the same. Sometimes he couldn't keep up or satisfy me, and other times he just wasn't interested in sex or giving head. I felt too ugly, like maybe he wasn't attracted to me anymore or something. I felt bad because sometimes when he did try, I knew he was trying his best, but it just it wasn't good. Without the sex, we were just playing house. I mean, my friends knew about him, but it didn't seem like something I needed to tell my parents about. Not to mention that my relationship with my parents was designed in a way to keep them as far from ever meeting anyone in my life as possible. My mom being the judgy type, I didn't want to deal with it. God has an interesting sense of humor, though. I always felt like my parents kind of just moved me into my place and that was it. They barely ever visited me unless I called them and said I needed something. Over time, I had just gotten used to them being absent. I saw them to drop off and pick up KK, but that was it. I had leaned, I had learned to cope, and since Nathaniel was living with me, I felt even less like I needed them to check in. This particular day, though, I woke up to a phone call from my dad, saying they were on their way to see me. Shit. ETA? KK was at daycare, so this was really unexpected. Apparently, they were calling from the parking lot behind my house. I had no time to clean, and more importantly, what the hell was I going to do with Nathaniel? So I woke his ass up and told him he had to find somewhere to go by the time I walked outside. And I'm thinking, yo, there's a library next door. He can leave through the side door without them seeing him. What the hell, though? They never come see me. I just hoped he was gone by the time I got back, and I hope they didn't stay too long. Oh, man, I'm going to be in so much shit. Once I entered my apartment, he was nowhere inside. Whew. Okay, I hope he's okay. I didn't give him much time to get out, but oh well, I'll make it up to him later. My mother was like any other mother, pointing out everything that needed additional cleaning. Well, if y'all told me you were coming, I would have cleaned it to your liking, duh. Her biggest pet peeve was that my bed was always unkept. It bothered her to the point that most times she just made my bed for me. As she would say, why your bed look like mashed potato? While she was in my room doing who knows what, I was in the living room with my dad talking. Ah, Nicola! As I rushed to my room to see what the problem was, dread quickly fell on my face once I realized my mom was uh, screaming. Because she had pulled back the sheets and was staring and startled by seeing Nathaniel in my bed under the sheets. Yep. This heidiot decided to hide in my bed. Didn't he fucking think? I said, library. Why the Ross would really he hide in my bed? I mean, he's a manga as shit, but still. Did this nigga really think that would work out? Dumbass. Upon discovery, he jumped up, introduced himself. And listened and laughed quietly as I got cussed out by my mother. It was just a lot of angry words being hurled my way. I mean, I can't blame her. It was my fault. I'm dating a dummy. I really cared for him, though. Was it love, lust, or companionship? Wasn't sure. At times, he was so mature I wanted to kill him. He didn't even have a cell phone, so he was constantly borrowing my cell phone, my car, and a few times he didn't even come back with them till early morning. He was too damn comfortable. Then there were other times his jokes reminded me to laugh, something I had forgotten to do. Despite the ups and downs, for the moment, he was mine, and I was his, and this was us. Going on our third month together, I began to feel like I had two kids that I was taking care of. He was drinking and smoking more than usual, and just acting completely out of character. He left his Facebook open while he went to smoke, and as I passed by the computer, a certain conversation caught my attention. He was talking to some chick, telling her he was going to pick her up from the airport. Yeah, eh? (laughs) Airport? How's he getting to the airport? Whose car is he picking her up in? Lord knows he ain't got shit for himself. Let me find out this nigga trying to pick up a bitch in my car. I'm not the one, and I'm not in the mood for this shit. So I confront him. So I saw a message on your Facebook. Oh, yeah? Where? What's it say? You tell me. I don't know. I see you telling some girl you're going to pick her up at the airport. But in whose car, though? Because we both know you ain't got a car. You barely got shit to your name. So whose car? Was it my car? My car you thought you were going to use to go pick up some chick? Um, yeah. You stupid. Try again. This is what you do when I'm not around, eh? You think I'm some kind of fool? You think this is some kind of game? Why? What's the point of talking to this girl? She's just a friend. So then, why wouldn't you tell me about her? Or the fact that you were going to use my car? Listen, I don't got time for your games and your dumbass ways. I already have a child to take care of. I don't need two. Either you're going to man up or you ain't. Trust me when I say, I'm not forcing you to be here with us. You can leave at any time. We ain't family. You don't got to tie yourself down. Go and be free. And so he says, no, baby, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm not going to do it again. I do want to be here with you and KK. You're not forcing me. I just do stupid things sometimes and I don't think. Look, I ain't doing this with you. I'll give you one more chance. Thank you. While cleaning up around the house, I started to notice my race car jacket and camera were missing, only to see this man walking in the house with my jacket on and my camera in his hand talking about, look at the pictures I took, baby. Seriously? Take my shit off. Wait, did this nigga erase pictures of my kid? Um, so where's the pictures of KK? Did you erase them to take your own pictures? Yes. Are you dumb? Why would you erase the pictures? This ain't even your camera. You cheese me so much. You don't even think before you do things. This third month was dragging on long. And I was living with this man. And it just made it feel even longer. I felt like I was always mad or crying or something. My peace was gone. And I was just about done with this man. He just needs to grow up. What's the point of dating someone older when they still can't get their shit together? It was a rollercoaster of feelings. He was messing up these, he was messing up, but these weren't individual deal breakers. It felt good when he introduced me to his cousins. We hung out a few times and with them and with Rain, like, he seemed pretty proud to show me off as his French-speaking piano-playing girl. I had my shit together and it made him look good. His cousins ranged from younger than me to the same age to older, all guys. His cousins seemed to, too familiar with his ability to fuck up a good situation, but made sure that I knew that he was a good guy. It was his older cousin who brought him back to the house the morning after he took off with my car and cell phone for the night. I spent the night using my house phone to call a cell phone that he just never answered. I had to take a taxi to get KK to daycare that morning. So I uh, talked to him when he gets at the house. I guess you brought your cousin thinking he was going to save you. And he says, "I know you're mad, but I brought you flowers and I can explain. I was with my cousin all night doing some business stuff." You think flowers can help you? You really think I want flowers right now? Get the fuck out. I'm done. He left. And I cried tears of anger. I felt like he just had no respect at all for me. He seemed so convinced that him being out doing business would excuse the fact that he left me here without a car or cell phone. Flowers were supposed to fix things. Really? I just needed to not be around him for a bit. He came back in a few days to move his stuff out. He made his choice. And now I had to make mine. My motto has always been, on to the next. And as much as I wasn't trying to rush into anything with anyone else, there was this one guy who was right there to catch me when things fell apart. He was intrigued by my mystery, and I was intrigued by his intellect. I wasn't physically attracted to him, but the conversation was good. He was much more attentive than Nathaniel. I knew he liked me from the first time Nathaniel introduced us. Nick was Nathaniel's cousin, who happened to be the same age as me. He thought he had what it took to treat me better, so he started with the good morning text. We had a few things in common. Our belief in God, our ability to both speak French, our taste in music, our ambition and drive towards a better future. It was a nice change of pace. Even better was that sex wasn't even part of our conversation. We genuinely just wanted to know each other. Even though Nathaniel no longer lived with me, once the reality hit him that things were over, he tried harder to get me back. All of a sudden, he wanted to give me head, back rubs, cook me dinner, anything to make it up to me. Motherfucker, you had your chance, so now I'm good. I'm on to better now. What I said in my mind didn't match what I said out loud. All I said was, no, thank you. He asked, what about KK? You don't still need help with him? I said, yeah, I know y'all had a kind of bond, so you can still see him. You just got to be consistent. I know that was going to be a tall order for him, but I had to at least let him try. Most times when Nathaniel would come over, Nick would accompany him. Then Nick got bold enough to come hang out alone. Then he would come. And he would hold me through the night, letting me know that I was cared for in his arms. Neither one of us had told Nathaniel about what we were doing. But this dangerous excitement could no longer be contained. One night, it was the three of us hanging out, and my ex had gone outside to smoke. There was a magnetic pull that overtook any sane rationale because we locked the doors. Ran into the darkness of the room, laughing and touching and feeling and releasing. It felt good. Then I fixed my hair, clothes, and unlocked the front door to see Nathaniel standing there frustrated. You guys didn't hear me knocking? No, sorry. You didn't knock knock long enough, I guess. I hope he believes that. He says, okay. I think that time he believed me, but it wasn't kept a secret for too much longer after that. The look he gave me when he found out I was sleeping with his cousin was heartbreaking. I felt bad because it was the first time I fully understood his feelings for me. Damn, he actually cares about me. Why couldn't he just show me this when we were together? Why now? All this drama and it wasn't even worth it. I got bored of Nick too. I mean, his sex was good at times, and just not enough other times. My pet peeve was a cocky nigga. The more he hyped up about how great his dick was, the less I enjoyed it. He be like, I'ma make sweet love to you that I have your toes curling. Mmm, my back didn't even arch. Waste of energy and good pussy at this point. Once the magic wore off, I realized how much I was not attracted to him. To the point that I would tell myself, every time you sleep with that man, there's a chance he could be your baby daddy. Is that what you want? Is that who you want to see as your baby daddy? Are you going to introduce him to your friends, family? No? Stop fucking around and let him go. Dick is easy to get. There will always be another guy ready, but make sure he's worth it. Make sure he's cute, stable, and will be ready to take care of a baby if anything happens. Let him down easy or lie your way out of it. You can't tell the nigga he's ugly, that's rude. Say something like, it's just not working out between us. Or tell him you feel bad about them being cousins. Welp, based on my own advice, I made up a lie and added things with Nick. Oh well. Ugh. Romeo said this would happen. Said I wouldn't find no one to treat me like how he did. I guess he was right. Hey, I'm Cola. thank you so much for listening. It's truly been a blessing. You can find copies of this book at livingcola.com. You can connect with me on Instagram and Facebook. Please join me next week as I continue to read chapters from Casualty of Love's Apologies.